Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. I am your host, Brendan D. You can follow me on Twitter at Eaglestock underscore. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere, and we really appreciate you tuning in today. I have my co-host, Mr. Eric Warner, is with us. Eric, the San Antonio Spurs not making the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. Did you know that 22 years ago, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were doing the home run chase? That's how long it was. Can you believe that? No, holy, that, that's a long time ago. I mean, that's an end of a that's an end of a very impressive run by the Spurs. Um, Tim Duncan was always my favorite player growing oh, up. Oh, you're a huge um, Tim Duncan guy. Yeah, so no, yeah. I was uh, always rooted for them out west. Um, yeah. But that's kind of I like I like the bringing up the Spurs because today we're going to be talking about uh, I would say the NFL equivalent of the Spurs, uh, the New England Patriots, and there's some there's some eerie similar um, similar comparisons between those two teams. Yeah, they're like the you could argue that I think 19 to 20 years they won the division. I don't know the exact stats, but. Um, today we're going to be breaking down the AFC East. Very excited. We're uh, we're actually going to be doing division preview episodes starting today. So we're going to push out about two episodes a week. But we're, we're trying to get it before the season starts, which is September thirteenth. We're we're thirty days away, Eric, from the season. And I, I, can you believe this? I, I was doing the research for this podcast yesterday, and it was finally kind of getting me juice for the season. I was like, man, like this is close. Like we're getting there. Yeah, no, it yeah. hit me like a ton of bricks that yeah. one month. I think I, maybe it feels weird because there's no preseason this year. I don't know if that's why it kind of felt like more of a shock that it was only 30 days away. Um, I and I'm I was kind of pessimistic about them doing this. I have a feeling the NFL is just going to push through COVID. Positive yeah, tests. I, they I, get positive I, tests. They're just going to move forward and say, all right. Yeah, let's keep going. (laughs) Pretty much just like the rest of America. Yeah, my my mindset's completely changed. I think the season's starting, and I don't see an end in sight. Like the way that everything's going, I think they're going to exactly. I think they're pushing through. If you asked me the question two weeks ago, I had a completely different mindset. But uh, I agree with you. I think football's happening, and I don't think there's anything stopping. I think they're motivated to go, and they'll they'll kind of just play on the fly, kind of like what the MLB's doing. Anyways, uh, before we get to division preview starts, we got some news um, that happened yesterday. Money was flying around everywhere yesterday, especially if you were a tight end. George Kittle and Travis Kelsey both getting massive contracts. George Kittle signing a five-year, $75 million contract and then $18 million once he put that into paper with a signing bonus. Travis Kelsey signed a four-year, $57 million deal. Um, that extends him through 2025. Eric, what's your opinion on these contracts? I know we talked about the golf course yesterday. You were kind of shocked that all this money is going to tight ends, but like, what's your uh, kind of overall opinion on these yeah, so that is a lot of money for tight ends. I looked. Yep. Uh, I went to comparables for the for tight ends, and Zach Ertz only got forty two and a half million dollars over five years. So yeah, um, that's saying that George Kittle over f- is thirty three million dollars approximately better than Zach Ertz over the same amount of time. Um, yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge amount of money for a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you can make the case that George Kittle is the best player on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they could not yeah. let him go. There's no way that they could lose him. So on that hand, you're paying your best player. I'm never going to never gonna uh, be hard on a team for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey is not their best player. Yeah. And while George Kittle's 25, Travis Kelsey's turning 31 in October. Um, so 
long story short, I, I like the Kittle signing. I'm not crazy about the Kelsey signing, though. That's a lot of money for a tight end. I, I think I'm a, I think I've kind of the same opinions as you on these. I, I love me a George Kittle. I think George Kittle is one of my favorite players in the NFL to watch. I think he's as close to Gronk as we're going to get. Um, and I think it's it's good to sign him early like this. I think this contract, like he'll be 30 years old when he's looking for his next contract. And, you know, he could be better or worse. Who knows? But I think I don't think he's going to fall off by the time that contract ends. And you can't say the same thing about Kelsey. Kelsey's going to be 36 by the time this contract ends. I don't think Travis Kelsey's going to be the same player at 36 that he is at 31, right? Or what he's going to be in October, like you said. And you know what? I, I think the Chiefs could have allocated their money maybe a little bit better. I, I didn't see the Russian signing Kelsey. Um, and you know what? It wasn't a team-friendly deal at all either. So, you know, I, I, who am I to say, right? I don't run an NFL team, but I'm not a – not a huge fan of the Kelsey signing. I love the Kittle signing, and I love me a George Kittle. I think he's one. Of, he's one of the most exciting players in the NFL to watch. Yeah, and I think I think he's only going to get better too. Like he's only played three years in the NFL. Like he's and he's put up a thousand yards receiving in both in the back to back years. He was hurt last year too. He was out for two games, so he oh, could have been blocking even... his block. Yeah, exactly. Like standing. And with, and with a team that doesn't have any wide receivers, they like the 49ers, I just got the update on my phone. They just signed two speedy guys, JJ Nelson and Tavon Austin. Now, like they don't have a lot on the outside. So you need George yeah. Kittle there. So I, I, I like the signing for them. Uh, I'm yeah. a huge fan of it. Anyways, do you want to get down to the nitty gritty here? Are we going to start? Yeah. AFC East. AFC East. So we're going to kick it off with the AFC East. Um, and I'm going to start with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo here. Here we go. Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott entering his fourth year as head coach. He just signed a new six-year deal about, I think, two days ago um, to, that will extend him through 2025. Um, so he is back. And you know what? He's one of the better coaches of the NFL um, recently. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were 10-6 and six in 2019. They were a wild-card team. They lost to the Houston Texans 22-19 in kind of a uh, – Kind of a crappy game for the Buffalo Bills. They kind of choked it. I think they're up 16-3 going into halftime. Could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, the Buffalo Bills um, are also bringing back their offensive coordinator, Brian Duvall, and Leslie Fraser, their defensive coordinator. So they're bringing back the whole squad. Um, no changes uh, um, in the coordinator spots. Um, the big the big offseason for the Bills, they acquired Stephon Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings. They gave up a first, third, and fifth-round pick, I believe. So they did not have a first-round pick in this draft. Um, their draft picks, I think they did a great job. They had two guys that I had my eye on. Um, they took A.J. Epinenza right after the Eagles took Jalen Hurts, which is the guy that I wanted in the second round. And they took a guy named Gabriel Davis, a wide receiver to UCF, who I liked. I, I liked the Gabriel Gabriel Davis when I was scout wide receivers because the Eagles needed wide receivers. I did a lot of uh, like video, uh, a lot of tape watching on wide receivers. I uh, I liked him, and I thought it was a good pick. I think the Bills did um, the best they could with not having a, uh, without not having a first-round pick. Um, so the Buffalo Bills were this. That was the second time they were in the playoffs in the past three seasons. However, the Buffalo Bills have not won a postseason match in 25 years. So that is a long time for the Bills not to win a playoff game. So they're going to be going into this season looking to win. Um, but you know what? If you take kind of a look at the Buffalo Bills last year, that 10 and six record, it's kind of where they probably should have been. Like you know what? They were probably a wild card team that deserved to get knocked out in the first round. I don't think they were anything crazy. Um, last year, and if you, the stats kind of prove it, like last year, they their offense was very kind of blank. Um, Josh Allen did have struggles uh, throwing the ball um, deep. Uh, that was that was no uh, like that's no surprise. Like if you were just the eye test, he could not uh, he could not complete the pass deep. He ranked thirty five out of thirty nine quarterbacks in DVOA when passing the ball um, over twenty yards, which is not good, especially a guy that's got an arm like Josh Allen. Like that, that can't happen. And he struggled against man coverage last year. Josh Allen, um, and EPA. So EPA is every play 
um, expected points per play. So basically your play that you're happening right now, how many points is that going to contribute to? He is in the – he ranked 27th first man coverage last year against that. That is not good um, for a young quarterback. 16th against zone, so he was a little better at zone. So he's going to have to learn. This offseason is probably huge for Josh. He's going to have to learn to pick apart man coverage. Um, and you know what? He's got Stefan Dix coming in, so that should help. But just in general, the the Buffalo Bills ranked 20th in the league when Josh Allen dropped back to pass. So they were kind of a little, like I guess, a little mediocre um, if you uh, if you look at it that way. However, they are going to return all five starters in the offensive line this year. So that's going to help him as well. Um, so he doesn't have to worry about kind of a shuffled offensive line, which is really good if you're a young quarterback. Nothing Nothing's worse for a young quarterback than a shuffled offensive line and shuffled offensive coaches. You can take a look at the, the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets history for that. Um, and, yeah, let's take a look at the wide receivers and the pass catchers for Josh Allen. An underrated player last year that Warner, I don't know if you know this, John Brown. Um, out of EPA, he was ranked 14th out of 111 wide receivers last year. An underrated player last year. He had 1,060 yards. He's back. They bring back Cole Beasley, who was ranked 40th out of 111 receivers. He was solid um, in the slot last year for them. So I think the Buffalo Bills had an underrated um, group of weapons last year. Um, I, I think – and they just added Stephon Diggs. So that's going to help them, right? Um, I truly think John Brown was probably one of the most underrated players in the league last year. And Josh Allen's going to have to figure out a way to get him the ball. So let's kind of flip it to the de defensive side of the ball for the Bills. I, the more Warner, the more I dove into this team here, the more I realized their defense was a little overrated last year. They were they were bad against the run. Um, they were twenty first um, against the run at a base defense, which is kind of your 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 first your first down defense kind of. So that's that, that's the best way to show how your run defense is doing. They were ranked twenty first, and you know what? And the more I was thinking about it, the Philadelphia Eagles played the Buffalo Bills last year. Um, the Eagles beat them 31-13, and the Eagles destroyed them in the run. They just pounded them towards the end. Jo Jordan Howard had 23 carries for 96 yards that game. Miles Sanders blew off like a 65-yard run, I believe. So the more you look at this defense, there's holes on the uh, on the run side uh, of the ball, and um, they didn't really do much to kind of uh, to kind of counteract that. They brought in a uh, they brought in Mario Addison on the on the edge, but he's not, he's more of a pass rusher. Um, but they're bringing back the same guys. Ed Oliver is going to be – he's one of my favorite uh, draft picks a few years ago. So hopefully he um, hopefully he brings it uh, to a new level. Um, but you know what? They're kind of uh, – they're kind of – they're kind of bringing back the hits with this team in the in the middle. So maybe the run defense will be better, but that's the one spot I'm looking at the Bills. Um, if you're going to play them next year, uh, there, there's some holes there. And it's, it's completely opposite if you look at the pass defense. The Buffalo Bills had the sixth-ranked pass defense in EPA last year. Um, against man and fourth against zone. So, and you know what? That was Tredavious White. He was probably, you could argue, top three corners in the league last year. So, whenever there was man coverage, you didn't want to throw their way. Um, yeah, that's kind of a breakdown of the Buffalo Bills from last year. If I'm looking at this year, I, I, like I said, I feel like if you're going to attack the Bills, you've got to attack them for the run. Um, and that's going to be their weak spot this year. I think, jo I don't know if Josh Allen's going to really improve um, that much. Like, it, like a shortened offseason. He didn't have a lot of time to probably work with Stefan Diggs and guys like that. And deep ball accuracy, I don't know how much can improve in one year. But that's going to be the key for them. Um, if they can stop the run, if they can get Josh Allen um, kind of out of the pocket, uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, that, that's kind of it. The Buffalo Bills, I, I, don't see, I don't see much improvement. I think they are what they are. But as we'll talk at the end, I think they are probably the best team in this division. Right on. I like all that stuff. I like all that yeah. stuff. If I was to add anything to the Bills, um, 
it was it was yeah josh allen's accuracy was the biggest issue right i got yeah 27 percent of his balls were uncatchable which was dead last in the league that's just not yeah. good enough no. um but I love I love the continuity that you brought up on Buffalo's offense. They got over ninety percent of their offense coming back. That includes backups as well. So, mm-hmm. um, especially in a year with shortened training camps, no preseason games, continuity that could be that could be huge for them at the start of the season. Yeah, and another thing too, I want to add the Buffalo Bills running game last year was awful because Frank Gore was very bad for them last year. He was ranked the second worst quarterback out of forty-five um, that actually had over hundred carries. So the, they were giving the, the ball to Frank Gore, and it was kind of a wasted down. And you had a guy named Devin Singletary who was a rookie last year who was actually solid. Um, and you know what, Frank Gore is not there. Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary is going to step up. Um, so I, I think the run game will be better. Um, but I agree with you completely. The uh, the, the continuity on the offense, bringing back your whole offensive line, bringing back a majority of your weapons. And then you add Stefan Diggs, like having John Brown and Stefan Diggs on one side of each, uh, of each other. Like that's, that's as good as it gets in the NFL at wide receiver positions. Right on. All right. Let's move over to the new England Patriots. The All defend, right. And the defending division champions. Yep. They are coached by none other than Bill Belichick. Since 2000, Bill has put up a 684 winning percentage in the regular season, and he somehow increased that to 721 in the playoffs. Um, that's all with Tom Brady, of course. Just, just remarkable, remar- remarkable numbers that they've put up. Um, since 2003, the Patriots are 133 and 24 at home. Um, that's crazy, but this year with the no fans it's looking like how how big of an impact is home field gonna have and patriots have had one of the best home fields since uh since bill and tom got there um so last year the patriots were 12 and 4 um they've only lost the division once since 2003 that was in 2008 um when tom brady was hurt um so that's 11 straight for them that was the Um, pennington dolphins year i believe right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, their coach, uh, what was his name? Oh, Sperano. the wild Sperano, the wildcat. Yeah, yeah rest in peace. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so biggest biggest move of is pretty obvious one. Tom Brady is out. Cam Newton is in. Um, Patriots are gonna be looking for Cam Newton to get back to that MVP form. But do you know Cam Newton won that MVP five years ago? It it's kind. And since then, he's had three surgeries in three years. One on his foot, two on his shoulders. Um, and the, what what was uh, so impressive about Cam Newton in 2015 when he had that MVP season was he did it. He did a lot with very little weapons. Um, his running back was John Stewart and Mike Tolbert, and then his wide receivers were Ted Ginn, Devin Funchess, and his leading receiver was actually the tight end Greg Olson. Um, so that. That was incredible for him to get those MVP numbers out of that cast of characters. But then you're, he's coming into New England, and I think that his weapons are even worse. Um, on the outside, you got Mohamed Sanu and Nikhil Harry, two wide receivers that really struggle to get separation. And then on the inside, you got Julian Edelman, who's 35, getting a little older. And uh, in the backfield, they just signed Lamar Miller. Um, who missed all of last year with injuries. I don't see him being the answer in the backfield. Um, they got James White and also Sony Michelle, but he is hurt right now. It's unclear to when he'll be healthy to get going. But 
Um, this offense really, really struggled down the stretch last year, and they did nothing to improve it. Um, I'm I'm not very uh, not very positive about this offense. And last year, their defense was historically good, um, which was pretty much what got them to the playoffs. Um, but you you start with their secondary, which is elite. You got Stefan Gilmore back there and um, McCourty. So their secondary, secondary is still as good as it gets, but their front seven I'm very, very worried about. Um, this is their starting front seven. Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, Diedrich Wise Jr., Chase Winowich, Juwan Bentley, Cash Meloi, and John Simon. Um, God. I know Paul Allen, he was an eagle, but you know the other names are kind of yeah. Uh, the big loss there, the big loss there is um, Hightower, who they lost to. Uh, he's sitting out the season on the COVID list. Um, this team actually lost eight players on the opt out list, which was the most in the NFL. Um, the starters that they lost were Marcus Cannon, offensive tackle, Patrick Chung, the safety, and Dante Hightower. Those are three, three key cogs to this lineup, and losing all those guys is going to hurt. Um, but yeah, their, their defense this year is, it's kind of skeptical to me. I don't see, this is, this is easily the toughest job that Bill Belichick's ever had. Um, he normally always gets pressure by scheme. Um, but last year they had, uh, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins. Those guys are better edge rushers, um, than what they have this year. Um, I don't, it's, it's going to be a, I'm doubting Bill Belichick. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm doubting Bill Belichick. I don't know how he's going to get this done with this defense. Um, and also going back to their historic um, historic run last year on defense, last year they had the easiest schedule of oppo- opposing offenses. Um, over first eight weeks, they played all bottom 10 offenses, um, and that's not happening this year. This year their schedule is incredibly tough. Um these are some of the teams they play. These are some of the flip a coin games they have. It would be Denver, the Chargers, Rams, Cardinals, and then they got some. They're gonna have games where they're not favorites. These games would be Seattle, Kansas City, San Francisco, Ravens, Texans, Bills times two. Um, so, if you were to take the logo off the helmet, and this wasn't the New England Patriots coached by Bill Belichick, I. I would be very, very low on this team. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Bill Belichick, so I'm not, I'm not uh, going to bury them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put yeah. them at around a 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight type team, but I would not be surprised if they finish under 500. Yeah, you nailed it. A couple of things the Patriots said, like I, I, I'm thinking going into the year, like losing those three starters, John Hightower, um, Patrick Chung, and I can't remember the other one you said, but those are killing them. Those are solid core guys on this defense that are gone. Kyle Van Noy gone now too. Um, like you, you, this team is depleted. It's not. It's not the New England Patriots old. It's going to be a completely new roster with Cam Newton under center. Like, and I think, I think this team will kind of go as far as Cam Newton takes them. Like, is Cam Newton going to be 2015 Cam Newton, or is he going to be the guy that's going to be on the IR after Week Seven? Right. So this, like, I agree with you. I think this team. I was hyping them up about a few months ago, but like the more I've dove into it, I, I have a hard time seeing this team making the playoffs. I think they're going to struggle. Yeah, um, if they if they weren't the New England Patriots, what would you what do yeah, you think they're exactly, what would you exactly. say about them? Bill Belichick, they're in the bottom five teams of the league. It's Bill Belichick. That's it. 
And how far can a coach shake you? I guess we're going to figure it out. But, uh, we'll find out this year. Um, good, good stuff there, Warner. Let's jump to the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins coached by Brian Flores in his second year. Um, did a great job last year. Even though the Dolphins finished 5-11, they went 4-4 four and four down the stretch. They, had, they played tough games down the stretch last year. After a historically bad start, um, they're, they're, they uh, they they kind of went into the offseason hot. Um, you know what? The, the big the big thing about the Miami Dolphins this offseason, obviously, to attack of Iloa and is he going to play? Um, that's going to be the big question for the Dolphins this year. That's their number one overall pick. That's who they drafted, or they drafted third overall, sorry, than our first round pick. And then they took a guy named Austin Jackson in the first round, who I do like as well. He was probably, I had him graded as my second highest tackle. I think I switched it to right before the draft starts. So I did like what they, uh, they did. Um, I did like what they did, uh, in the draft. So the Miami Dolphins, um, Miami Dolphins, uh, going into 20 or sorry, 2019 Miami Dolphins. They, they they were the, the biggest roller coaster you could probably, uh, probably see from an NFL football team there let's start with their Ryan Fitzpatrick last year um Ryan Fitzpatrick eh, he was okay um he had an eighth QBR last year um that which is crazy if you think about it, he was eighth in QBR but in DVOA he was 19th so you can kind of put him in the middle he's probably about the 15th ranked quarterback last year um the one thing that did the, that hit him um hard was the offensive line their offensive line was the worst offensive line and it wasn't even close um they were ranked 32nd last year um, and they're, if you put it any, you can kind of put it anywhere, like just across the board, they, they you, not, they were not good anywhere. You um, could say that they were the worst unit in the NFL last yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah. Like I tried to find some, I was digging for kind of some sort of positivity on the offensive line and they were, there was nothing there. Listen um, and they're going to bring, one. listen to this one. Their offensive line last year allowed pressure in two and a half seconds or less on 33% of dropbacks. That's crazy. That, and Ryan, like how can you put Tua behind that? Like that's yeah. scary. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was he was actually six in the NFL getting the ball out. So he was two point five seconds, and then the ball was out. That was average. So there you go. Thirty three percent of the time, he was under pressure, basically. Yeah, under so quick that, but, pressure. Two yeah. and a half seconds means like quick, quick pressure. Yeah, I think the average pressure is like three and a half or something. So uh, yeah, and you know what? They did a good job of kind of flipping those offensive lines. So they drafted left tackle Austin Jackson. He's going to be replacing. He's going to be filling in a left tackle. They signed Eric Flowers to a crazy deal. You know, I worry we're not big Eric Flower fans here at the Double Twig Podcast. We kind of laughed at that contract when they signed them, but you know what? Um, what are you going to do? He, he's he's probably better than what they had before. And they're bringing back a new center and right guard. Um, the one thing that I do like what this team did is they brought back two new running backs, um, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. And you know what? If you look at um, if you look at this uh, Miami Dolphins run game from last year, they were historically bad. Under center last year, they ranked thirty second, and they were dead last, and it wasn't even close. At a shotgun, they were eighteenth at eighteenth. But you know what? A lot of the shotgun runs is because they were so deep. They were going in third and 15s, third and twenties, and they were hitting off the ball in shotgun, and they would probably get seven yards. So I think that stat is inflated. They were historically bad run game last year, so they gave Ryan Fitzpatrick no help. And they brought in uh, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. They gave, they paid Jordan Howard. They gave him some money, and I like, I like Matt Breida. Son. He's, uh, he's a quick back, one of the fastest in the league. Um, so their offense, you know what? It's gonna, like, like I said, who knows when two is coming in? If it's Ryan Fitzpatrick on the center again, it's gonna be basically the offensive line. Can this new offensive line help him out? That's gonna be the question. And can these running backs kind of give him something on the defensive side of the ball? It gets no better here. The the Miami Dolphins struggled last year on defense especially in the pass game. The Miami Dolphins' uh, pass defense was ranked 32nd in nickel, and nickel is becoming one of the more popular defenses right now with three wide receivers. They were dead last, and it wasn't even close. At a base defense, they were 24th against the pass. 
And in man defense, they were 31st in zone 27. So they're in the bottom six of every single category. You can kind of throw a pass defense. They were not good at all uh, against the pass. And you know what? They, they did something to fix it. They brought in Byron Jones. They gave him a lot of money. I'm a big Byron Jones guy. I liked him. I actually wanted the Eagles to sign him. I was very upset when the Dolphins gave him that money. I think he's worth every penny. He's young. He's long. He's tall. Um, he's physical. And I think he can kind of fix that. Um, I think he can probably, well, I don't know, fix, but he can kind of help uh, shoulder the load of the pass defense. And the run defense, they, they were okay. Um, against base, they were 16th. And nickel, they were 25th. So the run defense was all right. They did, they did actually had an okay off. They had an okay offseason. If you're looking at the run defense, they brought in Shaq Lawson from Buffalo Bills, who I like, and they brought in Kyle Van Noy, who I love. Kyle Van Noy is my guy. That was my, probably my favorite signing of the offseason was bringing in bringing him in he's going to anchor that defense he loves brian flores brian flores of course was uh on the coach the defensive coaching staff with bill belichick when van noy was a linebacker there for all those years so i like that signing my overall opinion mining dolphins i know this is going to sound weird i don't know like this team is this team is as more up in the air as you can kind of put an nfl team right now they you don't know who their starting quarterback's going to be i feel like if they had a preseason and if they had a regular year, if this was not a COVID year, I feel like Tua Tagovailoa would have started week one. Am I crazy for thinking that? Like I, no, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think it's crazy, but yeah. like you ju- you just outlined their team and looking at their team, they're not ready to win now. They're not in Super Bowl contention right now, so I don't see the point of rushing Tua out there. Yeah, it's just – but, like, he's your best player probably, right? Like, he's going to come to college and be the best player. He is the most accurate passer, like, since Drew Brees. Like, I've seen – like, if you watch the tape, the ball is on point all the time. And if, if you could keep him healthy, if you're confident that you can have an offensive line – and like I said, they built – they're starting four new offensive linemen. If you're confident that you can keep to a healthy, then I don't see why he doesn't play. Like, that's just my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, I guess – like, I guess I'm not confident that they can keep him healthy because, like you said, four new offensive linemen, no preseason, no no continuity there. That that seems like a huge risk to me personally. Yeah, it's 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 like I said, there's such a weird team going in because you don't know. There's there's so much different. They have so many different players. Like the, the all the stats I was reading you about how bad their pass defense was, how bad their running attack was last year. It's going to be different. Like they have new guys there, so it's hard to kind of bridge it from 2019 to 2020 because they're just such a different team. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one thing to say is I think they're going to be well coached. I, I love Brian Flores. I think he's one of my favorite coaches in the league. He proved it last year. He's a no nonsense type of guy. So I think they're going to be well coached team. It's just – it's going to be – I feel like they're – like you said, I think they're one year away. I think this year they'll probably – I'm aiming them at maybe a 6-10 and 10 to 8-8 eight and eight in between there. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, it's just I, I don't know. I can't really give you a big prediction there. It's going to be a, it's going to be a weird year for this team. They're, they're, you're going to find out a lot about this team. This uh, I, I, think they're, I think they're one year away uh, yeah. still before they're making noise. I mean – you looked at what they did last year. I was I was impressed with what Brian Flores did with that group. I didn't I didn't have them winning five games. So you yeah. turned oh, they, he, and they, he they proved a lot of people four. wrong. Yeah, they were four and four in their last eight games. Like they they right. were playing five hundred ball and they were playing good. They were playing good teams well. Like they beat the Eagles last year, which I still have nightmares over. Like they they played teams well last year, and like I said, they're going to be a well coached team with Brian Flores. So you know what they they could be a they could be a sleeper team to make some noise, or they could be a team that completely falls so out. I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I guess I, I don't know. They're, they're a team up in the air. So that's your uh, 2020 Miami Dolphins for you. All right. Let's head over to the last team in the division, the New York Jets. 
coached by Mr. Adam Gase. (laughs) So last year, the Jets, yeah, (laughs) last year they started one and seven. And then they finished the year six and two in their last eight. Is that what kept Adam Gase's job? Um, if so, Jets fans probably weren't happy with the six and two finish. Um, but again, it was only Gase's first year. I mean, I think it, I don't agree with ever co- firing a coach in the first year. But if you yeah. were to, you might you might have had an argument to fire Gase last year. Um, there's a lot of a lot of rumblings that. Nobody in the locker room other than Darnold really likes the guy. So if your whole team doesn't like your coach, that's kind of an issue. Um, we saw it lead to Jamal Adams being traded, who is their best player. So if they chose Adam Gase over Jamal Adams, I think that is a major mistake. Um, but anyways, uh, the key to this team is going to be Sam Darnold. Can he take a step forward? Um, it's actually crazy. Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, he's still a kid. Yeah, that that one surprised me. Um, and he's a, he's an accurate passer when he had a clean pocket. When he had a clean pocket, he had an eighty one percent completion percentage, which was actually the highest in the league, higher than Pat Mahomes. Um, but the problem, he was pressured in forty one percent of his dropbacks, dead last. Um, and that's why the O line or the O line was a huge. Um, huge point in the offseason, and they brought in George Fant, Connor McGovern, Greg Van Roten, and then drafted Mackay Becton early in the first round. Um, that is the that's the position group that has to has to improve if this team is going to improve. Um, and it led to last year they were twenty seventh in the league on first down. Um, they when they tried running the ball on first down, they got absolutely nothing. It led to 8.1 yards average on their third downs, which was dead last in the NFL. Um, they only The only team that ran the ball worse than the Jets was the Miami Dolphins, which you brought up last um, last part there. Um, so they need, they need more from that offensive line and Le'Veon Bell. He was a huge bust in his first year. I know anybody who drafted him uh, in their fantasy leagues last year will probably never touch him again, and I don't blame him. Um, he had a dreadful year. Um, and then let's look on the outside, uh, their weapons in the air. Uh, Robbie Anderson was their best wide receiver last year. He left, signed with the Panthers. Um, so they brought in Shad Perriman from the Bucks, um, drafted Denzel Mims, and they kept Jamison Crowder from last year. So that's that's not a bad wide receiver that's a good unit. unit. Yeah, um, they it's an athletic unit. Um, yeah. So I like that. And they have a very athletic tight end in Chris Herndon, who I like a lot. Um, so I think the I think the front office did office did what they had to do in the offseason, upgraded that offensive line, brought in another wide receiver in Perriman, and let's see what they can do. Um, this is this is the year. They need Darnold to take that step. Let's see if he can do it. Um, looking back on the looking at the defense of this team, um, major, major edge rush concerns for this team. I was actually surprised by this. Um, Since 2006, only two years since 2006, did they have a player register 10 or more sacks. And that was Muhammad Wilkerson coming from the inside. They haven't had an edge rusher with more than 10 sacks in the 2000s, I believe. Um, 
that in the in the way the NFL's played now, that is crazy to me that they they haven't invested at all in an edge rusher. Um, that being said, they do have a they do have Quinn and Williams on the inside who uh, I really like. Um, he was a rookie last year, third overall pick. He had an okay year. He's still young. I I think he uh, the ceiling the ceiling's very high on him still. Um, but a big loss for them on the opt-out list was C.J. Mosley. Um, their defense was noticeably better when C.J. Mosley was on the field last year. Unfortunately, he wasn't on the field very much, but their defense really struggled when he was out. And this year, he's going to be out the whole year, so that really hurts. Um, and also, they, they need to upgrade. They didn't address their kicking. Uh, Sam Ficken last year was 19 of 27. That. That's not good enough, but they did nothing about it. I guess they're giving him one more year. Um, and they they also they have a really tough open to the schedule. Um, they start with the Bills, 49ers, Colts, Broncos. If they go 0-4 there, I could see Adam Gase being uh, let go, and then they'll really be kicking themselves on why they traded Jamal Adams. Um and, oh, yeah, I guess they're secondary. They traded Jamal Adams, their only yeah. good player in the secondary. <laughs> so that secondary is going to regress, no doubt about that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm not high on the Jets. I, I think they'll be the last place team in this division this year. Yeah, the Jets, um, I, I, did, I did a little bit of research on them. Um, and you know what? I I'm, I'm, couldn't be lower on this team if I tried. Um, if you take a look at their defense, I'll start there. Um, they were 23rd against man in the pass. And that's that's bad, and they didn't really do much to kind of upgrade that. And yeah, they exactly. Were, they were eighth in zone, and if you could you take away your best zone player, which is Jabal Adams, right? Right. So like, they're they're not going to be good against the pass this year at all. And if you take a look at the run defense, the run defense was solid. They were their second base defense against the run in third and nickel, which are your two your two most known or two most used defenses. And these guys are getting older. Quinn Williams a year older, right? Or Quinn Williams is gone, correct? No, Quinn Williams is the okay. third overall pick from last year. Yeah, okay. My my apologies, right? Yeah. So CJ Mosley opted out, I believe, right? So yeah, the he's the big part. loss. Mosley. Yeah. So like their the run defense is probably going to take a hit. And then if you look yeah. at if you look at the Jets like passing attack last year, like look breaking down Sam Darnold, he was thirty second in the league against passing against man defense. That's mm-hmm. not intriguing here. <laughs> That's not very. Uh, you're not feeling well if you're a Jets fan, if your quarterback, your young quarterback is 32nd against passing and command defense. He was ninth against zone defense passing, so put him there. But, yeah, you know what? This team is going to be, like you said, they're going to go with Sam Darnold brings them. Um, and it's going to yeah. be tough. To they're putting back. a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, exactly. So what's your overall thought of this, this division? Like we were talking off air yesterday when we were at, on the golf course, and I was saying this is probably the worst division of football, and I don't think it's close. Yeah. Yeah, well, before we pick this one first, because we were like, hey, let's let's pick a uh, division that's up for grabs, one that we don't know who's really going to win. And then the more we dove into these uh, teams, like, this is a bad division. Very bad, yeah. Um, like, statistically bad, too. Like, yeah. the, like, the analytics say this division, like, these four teams could be – like, look, yeah. I think we're in agreement that the Buffalo Bills should win the division. Are we – Yeah, and I mean, there, when yeah. the Buffalo Bills have never been favorites ever, so – yeah. Wouldn't be shocked if they crumble. Yeah, exactly. And like you know what, I don't. And like I said, I had the Buffalo Bills. That was a team that I got. And I, I dove when I dove into them. I, I'm not 
big on them either. Like I, I feel like this this division could be one at nine and seven. Um, maybe like I, I know eight and eight's crazy, but like it wouldn't surprise me. And you know what? Like I'm not. I think the Bills are going to win, but like I'm not putting house. I'm not putting a bunch of money on them to win this division. Like a team like oh. the Miami Dolphins. Like I said, they're sleeper. Um, they could like they could pop. Like it, it's mm-hmm. this it's It's a rare division where you have uncertainty of what you're going to get at all four quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's a good point. You don't know what what you're getting out of Darnold, what you're getting out of Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Tua, two injury-prone guys. Like, it, there is so much uncertainty at the quarterback position in this division. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not confident in any of these teams. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to like give like my prediction on like the four, like one, two, three, four, and I can't. Like I, I think Buffalo is probably going to finish first. Um, if everything goes right, they have the best, they have the best roster on paper. Sean McDermott's a solid coach. If if they should be nine and seven, probably winning the division. That's going to be my guess. I I don't think they get that much better. I'm not a big Josh Allen guy, and I'm like, and I've been vocal about that on the show. I've been vocal about that to everyone. I don't think. I think his accuracy issues are are important, and I, I don't see how that's getting fixed anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, um, so like, I I'm really looking forward to the first time Josh Allen misses Stefan Diggs by about ten oh, yards, and then yeah. Diggs is just going to be a baby on the sideline yeah. and whine and exactly out. like so we don't like you don't know how the the, the, the Allen Diggs connection is going to work out. Um, yeah. I, I'm. I'm hesitant to say, but like my my sleeper team in this division is Miami Dolphins. If they can, if everything can kind of go together, and like I'm I'm such a two attack of a little guy, I love him. I've been vocal about that as well, and I just feel like if look if, if something happens to Fitzpatrick or they decide to go with Tagovailoa early in the season, I feel like this they could hit uh, lightning in a bottle here. So yeah, this division like with us like me breaking down the Bills, the Dolphins, and then you break down the Jets and uh, Patriots, we both kind of. We both kind of said to each other, "This is uh, this division could be very historically bad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you want to go NFC East later this week? So yeah, let's. We're gonna go NFC East um, next division. Uh, I'm excited for that one. I I'm gonna take the Eagles. Sorry, buddy. We're not gonna do a random draw here. <laughs> I got I got to the birds, and then we'll uh, and then we'll randomize the other three. But anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. Tune into next episode. We're gonna break down the NFC East. That will be out sometime next week. Thank you for listening. Make sure, again, just hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next week.